Welcome to Bald Business, the naked truth in entrepreneurship. Let's begin. Today I'm here with Phil Lewis. Um, Not only do I consider him a friend, but he's also a speaker, coach, and trainer for the John Well uh, Leadership, John Maxwell Leadership Team. Um, Phil, thanks for being here today. Hey, I'm super excited about it. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited too. So today we're going to be talking mainly about relationships um, and how important those are in business and in life. But first, you know, let's give everybody a little bit of a background, you know, who you are, where you kind of came from, what you were doing, what you're doing now, and how you've gotten to where you're at today. Sure, sure. Um, well, first of all, I was born in Indianapolis, Indiana. I don't know if you knew that or not, but <laughs> I, I was. I did not, actually. I was, yeah, I was born at Memorial Hospital, just right around the corner from the racetrack. Okay. Um, spent a couple years there and then moved with my family to Kentucky for a couple years. Okay. And then we moved to uh, Marion, Indiana, which is really where I kind of grew up. Mm-hmm. And uh, ended up going to college there, uh, went to graduate school back in Kentucky at a, at a school down there. Um, during that time, had had probably a lot of dreams like everybody else, kind of those childhood things. One of the things I wanted to be was a rock star. I wanted to do that. Uh, I wanted to be a pilot. I think every kid kind of went through that. Um, But as as I was growing up, I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to do until about age 17. Kind of went through a a time in my life where I was just kind of kind of lost, kind of looking Mm -hmm. for, you know, my purpose. And um, I had been raised in a, in a Christian home, a, mm-hmm. a real strong faith home. And so because of that, had this idea that God had some kind of plan, some kind of purpose that was out there and, and uh, was trying to figure out what that was. And at, right. at age 17, I decided that I wanted to, to try to make a difference in mm-hmm. people's lives. Um, I knew there were some people who had come alongside of me and had helped me up until this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just felt like that was something that I, that I wanted to do as well. And so I went, I went to school to become a pastor. Okay. And I started out as a youth pastor and working with teens and students and their parents and, and trying to help them uh, kind of get it right and learn how to, how, to, how to raise, not just raise kids, but raise adults, right? right and right. help them, to, help them to, to, to get on track and, and head in the right direction. So I did that for about 12 years. And okay. after that, became an assistant pastor where I worked a lot with families, mm. uh, uh, marriage and family, did a lot of counseling, did a lot of coaching. Um, and then uh, about eight years before I, I left the church on good terms, no scandal or anything <laughs> like that, but I, I left the church, uh, I was a lead pastor. And so okay. I had a team of people under me that we worked um, in a good-sized church, a really mm-hmm. cool ministry, a lot of good things going on, uh, brought a lot of change to it, um, and, and really, really enjoyed that time in my life. However, there was a time where I, I, I realized that some of the some of the things that I was doing, I didn't really feel as fulfilled anymore. Mm. Um, I I tell people I didn't leave the church or leave being a pastor because I was mad or hurt or didn't like it anymore. Mm-hmm. I really felt like there was a there was a better use of of, of my gifts and, okay, and yeah. better use of of, of who I was. Mm-hmm. And so what I did was I, I was able to kind of take the the things that I really enjoyed about being a pastor, which which included speaking and training and coaching and mm-hmm. kind of take those things and, and leave the rest. Mm-hmm. And so 
Uh, about three years ago, I did that, and uh, I joined the John Maxwell team, became certified as a coach, and opened up um, what what initially started out as Dream Home Enterprises. It was this okay. idea of how do we help people build their dream homes, right? Awesome. And, yeah. and not real estate, but but relationships. That's okay. why I really right. am excited about talking about that today. Um, and with that, got kind of connected with a friend of mine that, that we've been buddies for about 30 years. We, mm-hmm. we worked together as youth pastors. We did some big conferences. We got to travel together around, uh, literally around the world, uh, speaking at, at, at youth events. And so we've been friends a long time. And he actually asked me, he said, hey, would you, would you like to you know, kind of partner up? I don't know whether it'd be a franchise or exactly what it'll look like. Um, but if you're interested in that, I'd like to do it. And I said, yeah, I, I would like to do that. I just don't want to do it in Michigan because that was where his headquarters <laughs> was. Right, yes. right? Okay. And, and I was like, I do it, you know, as long as I can do it in Florida, I'm, yeah. I'm cool with that. So we partnered up and, and we brought to the Tampa Bay area winning at home, which okay. is uh, really a, a counseling service, a wellness center um, that Dan Seaborn actually started in Zeeland, Michigan. Oh, and wow. so um, that's kind of how winning at home Tampa Bay showed up. Um, and so now, now uh, I I get to do what I love the most and mm-hmm. what I feel like I'm gifted the most to do, mm-hmm. and kind of leave some of the other stuff aside. Right. And loved the 35 years I spent in the church. But when people ask me, you know, do you think you think you'll ever go back as a pastor? I go. Absolutely not. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> never. Never. Not again. Not because I hated it, but because yeah. but because I feel like I'm finally I'm finally in my flow, the my yeah. groove, you know, the place that I feel like God really has created me for. And that is helping people with relationships. Relationships with themselves, mm-hmm. right? Because that's where it all starts. Right. That's where that's where healthy homes begin. It begins mm-hmm. with healthy humans. And um, and relationships at work and relationships with their kids, their spouses, friends, whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, hopefully that gives you kind of a yeah. No, I love that. Where I am. So there. I want to go back to one thing that you said before we jump too deep into the topic. Sure. Um, because you said that I at age seventeen you kind of felt like that it was your purpose or you had struggled to find your purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. We have. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have people who are probably in their 30s, 40s, 50s, who don't know what their quote-unquote purpose is, right? Mm. So with that being said, Mm -hmm. do you feel like that you're more in line with your quote-unquote purpose now than you were in the church? Or do you feel like that do you feel like that you had to take that journey to get to where you're at now? Man, that's a great question. Well, let me let me back up and and this is going to sound like I'm going to change what I said, but I'm not. Okay. I, I promise you, I'm not. But I do have a different view of this term purpose. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I personally don't believe people have a purpose. Okay. Okay. I believe people have many purposes, mm. and I believe some of them are seasonal. I, I think some of them some of them last for a time, mm-hmm. and some of them last for a lifetime. I, I really believe that. I like that. And so I think at 17, I found my purpose right, right. for for being 17 mm-hmm. and as i as i pursued that i began to find other pieces of my life mm. and so i don't i don't know that um, because I have those same conversations with people, right? Of Coaching course. them, and yeah. they're they're like, you know, I I just don't know what to do. I can't, you know, and, right. and I'm like, well, I, how about if you look at life a little bit different? Instead of mm-hmm. 
category, or maybe even just kind of boxing yourself in with just one purpose. What if mm-hmm. What if you just believe that maybe maybe God has many purposes for you? Mm. A purpose as a husband, a purpose as a father, a purpose as a worker, a purpose as a friend, lots of things. And, and again, some of those will be seasonal. So um, getting back to your question, I think, I think that's probably a better, a better, a, a better way to look at it. Mm-hmm. And, and some of that just comes by, by taking those steps forward, right? Yeah, I it's, agree. um, I don't have, I don't have great vision. You know that I'm blind in one eye and, mm-hmm. and I have, you know, struggling vision in the other eye. And so I don't drive a lot at night, but what I do know about driving at night is that when the headlights come on, mm-hmm. right, I can see, I can see a little bit down the road, but I can't see the whole road. Right. And unless I move forward, I can't see more. Right. right. I have to. I have to take those initial steps. And so I think, I think that's one of the things that I, you know, I believe about myself. At yeah. seventeen, yeah. I was just taking the steps that I knew. Yeah. And by doing that, I got to find out. I got to see. I got to experience. I got to be, really, what yeah, what I was supposed to be. Well, yeah. I, no, I actually love that answer because I think that people get too caught up in this idea of. Well, I have to know what the whole purpose is oh. before I go after or before yeah. I move toward it, right? And yeah. we're not perfect beings. Yeah. So the idea is do what you know or do what you understand and mm-hmm. take it a day at a time, take it a step at a time and move forward. So, yeah. I, no, I love that answer. I was just curious. Yeah. So let's kind of jump into this whole idea of relationships. Okay. Um, First and foremost, how important are relationships, uh, not just in business but in life, right? I mean, you were in the church for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, even that could be considered, and I know a lot of people who actually consider that a business in the mm-hmm. sense of how it's run, how the leadership's put together, you know, um, how you chase a vision or a goal or build culture. It's all the same, yeah. right? So in your mind, how important are relationships? Yeah. Well, let me just talk about the church thing because I think it's interesting about that because I do. I believe it is a business, mm-hmm. okay, in some sense. I want to be careful there, but I, I, I believe that there are some elements of it that, that – reflect, you know, a business plan. Right, the way it's run almost. Absolutely, absolutely. The thing that I think is even more challenging about it, though, is that you you basically run it on volunteers. Mm. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not That's sending true. them a paycheck to That's motivate true. them to do what you want to do. Yep. You you got to convince them that hey, we're headed in the right direction. We're making a difference in the world. You got to find maybe a higher motivation yeah. to to help them. So, I've always thought that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, as far as as far as relationships and how important they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say this. I, I think not only are relationships important, but the right relationships, right? Mm. It, it's not just about having people in your life. It's about having the right people in your life. Okay. Because having the wrong people in your life, are, mm. you know, it, it, it's going to end yeah. bad. And, and so, you know, when I think about the people in my life, um, again, going back kind of my faith-based life, mm-hmm. Proverbs says that, that a wise man carefully selects his friends okay. in other words he doesn't just he doesn't just kind of go you know hey you know i want to meet ah, da, da, da. It, it isn't it isn't that you it isn't that you avoid people it isn't that you necessarily screen people but it is that as you go along you see is this person in alignment with me are they going to help me mm-hmm. um is this person this relationship good for me and so yeah relationships are super important mm-hmm. but but the right relationships right. i would say I, and i think i think one of the things that i have discovered um i have Dan Seaborn is one of them who's helped me with winning at home and okay. helped me kind of yep. get started and, and is still supporting us um, moving forward. Dan is one and another friend of mine named Paul Coates. Uh, he lives in North Carolina and okay. we've been friends about as long as Dan and I have, maybe even before that. 
these are two guys that I that I refer to as my who luck friends. Okay. okay. Have you ever heard that phrase? I don't I know if you not. have or not. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's this, um, maybe maybe a better way to illustrate this is, you remember when you were in high school and, and you had a friend that worked at Taco Bell and you're like, hey, you know, probably not for you. I was like, probably, I, okay, I was homeschooled right. for those who don't know, so I don't know, but I do understand what you're saying. All right, so stay with me, stay with me. So you're out on a Friday night and you're driving around with some friends and they're like, man, we're really, really hungry. Like, yeah, where should we go? Let's stop by Taco Bell because, because Sarah's working, right? Okay, She's working yeah. the drive-thru. Like, yes, all right. So we're going to go through the drive-thru and we're going to get some free food, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's who luck. It's having somebody who has something that you need and can give it to you, mm. okay? Can help you with it. That's awesome. And these two guys have been so instrumental in my life in helping me to get to places I would never get. They didn't ever give me free tacos or burritos from Taco <laughs> Bell, right? But that's what unfortunate. They, I know. It is. It is. It is. But what they did do was they introduced me to people. I needed mm-hmm. I needed to meet. They they pass on some things that maybe they were asked to do and mm-hmm. they didn't have time for, but they said, hey, I've got a friend that could speak at that or I've got a friend that could do that and you ought to call him. And so because of their relationship with me, yeah. I was able to have relationships with other people mm-hmm. that I would never have a chance to connect with. And so again, I, I think having having the right people in your life mm-hmm. help you to to move down the road, maybe not as fast, but maybe further. Right. Okay. So you just actually led me to the next thing that I wanted to ask you, so this is perfect. Obviously, with those two guys, you have strong relationships, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that a lot of times, and I don't, again, like you said, select the people who you're closest to, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally don't feel like that I am super close to a lot of people, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But I think that a lot of people don't know how to build stronger relationships. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that you know or that you do or that you coach people on mm-hmm. on how to build stronger relationships? Yeah, yeah. Well, again, it starts it starts with at least a premise that there are, first of all, there are good people out there. Mm-hmm. And it starts with a premise of, of at least connecting with people who you believe are 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 right for you, are good for you. Mm-hmm. I, I can't encourage somebody to... to the short version of your question is to build deeper relationships, you you have to be vulnerable. Mm. You have to be transparent. You yeah. have to trust. I mean, right. if, if I want a deeper relationship with you, I have to be willing to kind of open up to you about how I feel and, yeah. and what I like and what I don't like. And that, that involves... It's hard. Oh, it's super hard, yeah. especially when you've been burnt. Yeah. So it's and especially for men. <laughs> especially for men. Absolutely. Because, you know, we, we just haven't we haven't been taught that. Right. Which which is really, really bad. And so a lot of people who sit around this table are husbands and wives mm-hmm. and they're struggling because they want it, right? They they want a deeper relationship, but they've been hurt, they've had trust broken in their lives, and some of it has been with the person they want to build more trust right. with, right? So so I guess what I would say is there has to be at least an initial place where the, you know that that person that you're going to be vulnerable to is not perfect. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, there's right. a good chance that they may they may hurt you. Right. There is, but but you need to have uh, at least some kind of trust in. Hey, this is a good person. They do have a relationship with me, and I and I want it to go deeper. And so I am going to be open and vulnerable to this. When especially when I help people who have been through divorce and been through all kinds of mm-hmm. hurt, and I talk with them and and say, look, um, you know, to move forward. To move forward, you really do have to open up more. Mm. And they say, "Well, I don't want to open up more. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go through hurt yeah. anymore." And that's the problem with relation. It is. Yeah. It's risk, and there is no doubt 
I mean, when I talk about those two guys, I can tell you that those two friends of mine over the 30 years, there have been times that we've had, we've had times we've been mad at each other. Yeah. We've, we've, we've hurt each other. We've said things bad to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, but but we have we have constantly moved forward and we've tried to repair those things and tried to move ahead and the truth is a, a great trusting relationship cannot be built without some of those bumps without mm. some of those failures it, right. it just won't happen and right. so it, to help people to have a mentality that says to move forward towards a good relationship means that you're going to have some bad times that's all there is to it and okay. it's going to grow you it's going to teach you and that's not meant to put up more walls right but it is meant it is meant to help you to know how to navigate when you get into those waters those stormy waters so that you you you're able to to keep the relationship mm -hmm. okay and protect the relationship while at the same time moving ahead right no i think that's really good yeah. um and and i think it again a lot of things in life overlap, right? It's mm -hmm. the same thing if you're chasing a goal. Like, it's not going to be pretty no. necessarily, but it's going to make you stronger. And mm -hmm. Same thing with relationships. You're going to get stronger through this. A relationship will get stronger through this, but you're going to have to going to have to hit the bumps. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you find yourself in a relationship where where consistency is is linked to um, somebody breaking your trust or what then that's a whole different story right you, you, you don't you know you after you've hit your head so many times <laughs> you don't okay at some part you got to go hey this is this is not working out, right, right right you have to then go okay this is a bad relationship mm -hmm. I, I do need to move on mm -hmm. uh, i do need to kind of break this so yeah so outside of the context of say a husband and wife mm -hmm. right so mm -hmm. whether it's friends or business partners or whatever it may be yeah how do you start drawing those lines? Like, how do you start saying, man, I've really, you know, I've really put myself out there this many times and I keep hitting my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I always start with just just make sure that you're communicating. I mean, okay. and I think that's I think that's where it all breaks down is that mm -hmm. when we get when we get hurt by somebody, our initial reaction, and I know this from myself personally from my family, mm -hmm. from the people I work with, when we get hurt by, let's say that you hurt me, okay? Mm -hmm. Typically, typically the first response of this, the hurt person mm -hmm. is not to go to you and say, hey, I just want you to know this happened. You know who we go to? Somebody Everybody else. else. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> else. In fact, what I tell people is I say, we say the right things to the, the wrong, wrong people. people. Wow. All the time. Yeah. All right, we're over here talking about how bad Mike is and how he hurt me and and you don't even know it, right? Yeah. I mean, you you may you may or may not know that you've caused a rift in our relationship. Right. But all these people do. And I'm 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 sharing all this stuff over here when in fact it's doing our relationship no good at all. Right. Okay? Yeah. That's good. So, I think I think if I could say one thing to this is go to the person Go to the Sooner person the first. Yep. Don't don't use kind of this this <laughs> cheap excuse as well. I'm going to talk to some of my friends and get some of their advice. No, that's get a horrible idea. <laughs> yeah, feedback. That's a horrible idea. The best idea. And again, going back to my my faith based life, Scripture is very clear about this. Mm -hmm. If you have a problem with a friend, you go to that friend directly, mm -hmm. immediately, personally. It's it's as simple as that. It's very very clear. And, and obviously the reason for that is because then, then you, you don't show up kind of with a loaded gun. You don't show up with all these other opinions. You don't show up with all this. You show up with a heart that wants to reconcile the relationship right? purely. And that way you can kind of stumble through it together and go, hey, mm -hmm. I care about you. You care about me. Let's figure this thing out together. Right. All right. Um, I, I, I agree with that. I, think that's, I mean, I've never heard it put that way, so I think that's really good. I think yeah. it's really cool. 
it conflict re- resolution, right? Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you're saying the first thing in conflict resolution is communicate and Absolutely. quickly. Yeah, as soon quickly, as possible. As soon as possible. What's it, something else that we could do to help, you know, with conflict resolution? Because that's a big thing, even with leaders, right? Um, oh yeah. Well, you know, yeah. Like you were, you led a lot of people, yeah. um, and you still lead people now. Yeah. But whether it's one person or fifty people, yeah. Right. Conflict resolution is typically handled the same way. What are some ways that you feel like, besides communicating, what are some ways that you feel like? the best way to handle it. Yeah. I, I think you mentioned about being a leader and all that kind of stuff. I, I think Craig Rochelle makes a statement that I think is so powerful. He says, people would rather follow a leader that's always real than a leader that's always right. Mm. And I think one of the things I discovered, especially in my last couple of years as a, as a pastor, mm-hmm. is I, I tried to be more vulnerable than I had ever been in my entire life. Okay. I, I admit I had some arrogant years, some cocky years, mm-hmm. some, where, where things were going really well. And, um, and, and there were some times where I kind of pulled back and tried to maybe make myself bigger than I was. Mm. The last few years, there were, there were some things that happened, and, and probably because I was older and more mature, right? It, it doesn't necessarily come together. I don't know yeah. what John Maxwell says. He says, you know, maturity should come with age, but sometimes age comes alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I love it. But, but I think those last couple of years gave me a chance to, to be honest with people and, just, mm. and, and, to, and to make myself less of a pastor, more of a person. Mm-hmm. And to say, hey, I'm I'm struggling too. I, I got two daughters. I'm still starting to figure out. I I'm I'm a husband to a wife. You know I, I, that I'm trying to be a better husband to, and I'm not getting it all right. Right. And I feel like sometimes being real communication, definitely mm-hmm. being honest and real with your own mistakes and 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 issues. I think a lot of times a, a leader is put on a pedestal, right. um, and and they're expected because they're the leader to to get it all right mm-hmm. and. and I, I, first of all, I think any leader that tries to keep that kind of persona is going is, is gonna to crash and burn at some point, and right. it won't help the people who, who he's trying to lead and, and mm-hmm. love and, and all that kind of stuff. So that would be it. I, it. This conflict resolution is something, again, that I talk with a lot of people about. And along with communication, along with being vulnerable, I would say, I think, personally, from conversations around this table, yeah. and I think... The biggest problem in conflict resolution is that people don't know how to say, I'm sorry. Mm. I, I hear that over and over again. And what I've discovered is people who didn't see that happen in their home, okay? And, and I've asked, I've done a little searching and a little, yeah. uh, a little uh, digging, you know, and digging asking in and the that. last couple months especially because I've bumped into some people who seem to have the same profile mm-hmm. and because of that profile have a really hard time saying they're sorry. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of said, well, what is, what is going on over here? What happened? And some of it has to do with the fact that they have a confusion between shame and guilt. Okay. Um, guilt is I did something wrong. Okay. Shame is I am something wrong. Ooh. Okay. It's like, it's like, Hey, um, when I come home for supper tonight and, and I'm going to be very careful about how I say this, so, <laughs> I come home for supper tonight, and Mindy has she's she's made supper for me. And I sit uh, down and I <laughs> I start eating it, and I'm like, mm, okay, this wasn't exactly the best meal I've ever had. And so I say to her, I complain. Okay, I say, you know, I, I that was okay, but I it wasn't really all that good. I'm saying to her that meal wasn't good. Or I can say to her, every meal we've ever had sucks. It's terrible. You're a horrible cook. Mm. Big difference. So here's the reason I'm saying this is because some people approach 
saying I'm sorry, that reflects back to them this idea that you're sorry, you're no good. And they can't compartmentalize just one mistake. Mm. They see themselves as a as a whole, yeah. as a mistake. They are the mistake. They are the mistake yeah. because they never saw in their home life with their family of origin, what we call their family of origin, the family they grew up in, they never saw that model, right? Mm-hmm. And if you want to be something, you've got to see it. I mean, that's what modeling is all about. Right. And and the idea is is that these people that I talk to and I talk to them about, you know, why don't you, why don't you just tell your husband, I can't say that. Why don't you just tell him you're sorry? I can't say that. Why, why can't you say that? Because it just, it makes me feel, it makes me feel terrible inside. Well, why should it make you feel terrible? You just, this is just one isolated event, but to mm-hmm. them, it's yeah. everything. It's almost the end of the world. It's everything. So yeah, what, one of the things I do with people is I try to, I try to help them to understand the power of an apology. I, I know your dad is a carpenter and my dad was too. Yeah. And one of the things that he had among all of his tools, okay, power tools, electric tools, carpenter's tools, whatever, is he had a little teeny pink eraser in his toolbox. Okay? Actually, yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, probably your dad does too. And so uh, what he taught me was by that little eraser, he taught me that there are going to be times that you're going to make some mistakes. Mm-hmm. And you've got to erase those mistakes. And I remember seeing him on a two-by-four, maybe making a mark, getting ready to cut it, measuring again. Oh, that's not right. Taking that little pink eraser and just doing his best to get rid of it, or in a blueprint. Mm-hmm. And um, his his modeling for me showed me that there are going to be times, and he was a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Most carpenters are, right? <laughs> um, and and he showed me that no matter how hard you try, there's going to be some times where you mess up. Mm-hmm. And so do your best to erase the mistake. And so what I did was I, I created a kind of an acrostic using the word E-R-A-S-E, erase. Okay. And, and when I work with people... Um, well, actually, you can see this is kind of a big, big pink eraser oh, here, a right? Huge eraser. All right? That's the, the, awesome. It's a big for big mistakes. <laughs> but uh, I tell people, look, when you when you've done something wrong, I want I want to walk you through it. And this isn't just something I came up with. This mm-hmm. is something from uh, a lot of research. This is something from Psychology Today. This is something that we've discovered how our minds work. Mm-hmm. Right. This is how we process. Forgiveness, apologies, all that kind of stuff. And if we follow this, instead of saying, "No, I don't have to do that. I don't have to say that." Um, it, just like dieting, just like working out. We, yeah. we talked about that earlier. Um, there, there's this idea that if you follow this prescription, mm-hmm. you will be able to, to clear out some of this stuff that's just becoming baggage in your relationship. Right. So what I tell them, the, the E stands for explain the pain. Okay. If, if I hurt you, let's, we'll just kind of role play a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, I've done something that, that has really hurt you. I, I don't. The first thing you say is never I'm sorry. You, you don't, that's the last thing you should say. In other words, I should say, hey, Mike, I just want you to know, uh, I think I think what I did to you the other day probably hurt you. Mm. And, and I think that it hurt you this way. And I think that, that probably you're mad at me. Okay, so explaining the pain. The E stands for explaining the pain. Then the second thing, the R, stands for repenting. And repenting is a big word. It basically is U-turn. Yeah. Okay, It means I'm going this direction and i got to go that direction. And so this is where you use that that phrase, I'm sorry. Okay? okay, Here's the pain. I explain it. Because if you say it too early, what are you going to say? Well, what's he sorry for? Right. Sorry you yeah. ever met me? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, what's he mad? You know? So you explain the pain. And then the R of a race stands for you repent. And, you, mm-hmm. and that's where you say, hey, I really am sorry. It, it, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Is there anything else I can do? Then the A of a race is for ask for forgiveness. Because this is something that I want to give to you. Because mm-hmm. if you hold this against me, it's not going to hurt me. It's mm-hmm. going to hurt you. 
Right. And so the, the A of a race is to ask for forgiveness. Mike, I want you to forgive me, not for my sake, but for yours. If you let this go, because Nelson Mandela said that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping your enemies will die. Mm, okay? yeah. Such a powerful statement. And uh, so a race, explain the pain, repent, I'm sorry. The A is ask for forgiveness. And then the S is, is actually show you're sorry. All right. I run into people who they'll come in and I'll ask them about this and like, well, I said I was sorry. Okay. So they think they've said it. I can probably say I've done that before. Well, yeah, I have too. I have too. But they haven't showed it. Right. right. And, and that's where sincerity shows up. That's when the person knows they haven't just said it, mm -hmm. but they're showing it now. And you do that by, by discontinuing anything that is associated with the pain that you cause. Actions, attitudes, words, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. So you show that. And then the E for a race is you end it. it it's done. If you follow those steps, when you get to the end, there should be nothing left to talk about. Right. And the, the sorry part, they, uh, researchers tell us that you should say you're sorry for each issue that causes pain for somebody anywhere from four to nine times. Wow. Okay, so once is never enough. And the reason you do that is, is, is because you are saying to them, I haven't forgot, mm -hmm. I haven't forgot you, right? This is that idea, I see you, mm -hmm. I see that I hurt you, I see that you matter, I want you to see that I care. Mm -hmm. And man, when you, when you do that, right? I mean, that, that's, that's unusual. Most people say, like I said, right. I said I was sorry, and we think I'm, we I'm check the box, <laughs> I'm done. You should be good, yeah. you should forgive me, no. Yeah. Because in reality, it's not just about hearing, it's about, it's about feeling it mm -hmm. deep inside. So conflict resolution, for me, I think the apology is, is the biggest key that opens, opens up forgiveness, opens up a better future in that relationship. And if we can get that right, man, we can, we can resolve a lot of things. And obviously, you know, <laughs> the best way to solve conflict is to not get in conflict. Well, of course, but <laughs> we're all human. Right? Absolutely. So, we're going to be in it. Yeah. So yeah. E is explain. Yep. Explain the pain. R is repent. Yep. Ask for forgiveness. Yeah. Um, a is, a is, a is ask, ask for forgiveness. forgiveness. Repent, okay, so repent is, hey, repent I'm sorry. Is, I'm sorry. Yep. A is ask for forgiveness. Um, S reminds show us, me. show, okay, yep. and then E is... End it. And it's got to be done at down. some point. This, and this is the problem because it hasn't been done right. Those mm -hmm. steps haven't been done right. Mm -hmm. This is why people have so much hurt and resentment from past relationships. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And they, don't, they can't figure it out because they'll say to themselves, well, I know my wife said she was sorry. Yeah, but did she say what she was sorry for? Mm -hmm. Did she say it enough? Did you did you leave that conversation going, man? She really, really is sorry. Right. She didn't mean to, or did she just say it so conversation yeah. will be over? So, along those lines, um, but kind of shifting the attention more to the individual, mm -hmm. we all have responsibilities in relationship, right? Yes. Um, relationship in leadership, or relationship one on one, or. You know, I mean, I think that even leadership is a relationship with every person individually, even though there's many, right? Mm -hmm. So as the individual, what types of responsibilities do we have in the relationship to either A, avoid the conflict, or B, um, obviously you've already given, you know, feedback on how to deal with the conflict or to um, appropriately apologize and kind of work through that, but a lot of times we are sitting on the other side thinking, well, that's that person. 
Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. person needs to use the eraser yeah. and come yep. to me. Right, <laughs> of course. What what type of responsibility do we have in each of those relationships? Oh man, it was such a great question. So, and I and the good news is, I think I have a really good answer. Awesome, I really do. You're absolutely right <clears throat> because I think we, I think we are willing, okay, mm-hmm. to work on a relationship when we see the other person working on the relationship. Mm-hmm. And my advice is be the first. Be the first to ask for forgiveness. I like that. Be the first to, to do the things around the house. You know, mm-hmm. there, was a, um, there was a story, I don't even know if it's true or not, but a, a couple that came into a counselor and mm-hmm. the wife said, look, it's all over. There, there's, we, we need a divorce. It's, it, you know, we've tried and tried and tried and tried. And the counselor said, look, I, I get that. I get that. And in fact, I'll even, I'll even help you, you know, work through this and, get a divorce and kind of move on if you'll do one thing for me. And she said, what, what, what do you want me to do for me? And he said, if you will, for the next 30 days, do everything in the entire world that your husband loves, cook his favorite meal, go to his favorite places, just Mm -hmm. whatever he wants, just do it. And she said, why why would I want to do that? He said, well, just, would you just trust me on it? Would you just, would you just try that? Mm -hmm. She said, okay, I will. So a couple weeks later, they came back in as a couple laughing, holding hands, kissing. And he said, so what happened? And she said, well, I I did what you said. And she said, within just a couple days of me being the first one, Mm -hmm. he started responding. And our relationship became, we we went back and forth. He would give, I would give, he would give, I would give. Mm -hmm. And, And the point of the story is somebody has to be the first. Right. And, and I would say, man, think of our world if we didn't wait to be the second. Oh, yeah. If we would be wow. the first, right? Yeah. Shut That's our good. mouths when we need to shut our mouths. <laughs> speak up when we need to speak up. I, Brene Brown, I love following her. She has so many good things about vulnerability and transparency and trust and all that stuff. And, and she says, the person who is willing to be the most uncomfortable, let me make sure I can get this right. Um, the person who will be the most uncomfortable is the most courageous and will rise the highest. Wow. And basically, it's within the context of her teaching about, mm-hmm. about be the first. It's this idea, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, you don't want for to. Sure. You're, not, you're, you're not ever going to feel like being the first. I right. love that when people say, well, I just don't feel like Well, of course you don't. Right. <laughs> Who would ever feel like that? But you know it's right. Yeah. Right? So, so be the first. That, that would be my... I, no, I love that answer. Um, one thing that I think I would like to circle back and just kind of touch on mm-hmm. for a minute is... As a man, mm-hmm. as men, I think that that's even harder for, you know, I'm not being sexist against men. It's just reality. Like, sure. I think it's harder for men to do that yeah. um, than to, I think it's harder for them to step up and quote unquote be the first, like yeah. you said. Um, why do you think that is? Um, I think it's I think it's somewhat different for everybody, but I think there are definitely some common reasons mm-hmm. um, for all of us. Uh, some of it is culture. Some of it's the way we're raised. Mm-hmm. Some of it's uh, the media, definitely. Some of it's maybe because they've tried some of that before and it's failed, and mm-hmm. they just they don't want to. I mean, because it, it is kind of hurt them in a way. Yeah, somebody yeah. hurt them. They did try to take that first step, mm-hmm. and it and it and it didn't work out the way they thought. Mm-hmm. And and I would say that too. Just because it's the right decision doesn't mean it's going to bring you the yes. right outcome, yes. but it doesn't, yes. but that doesn't change that it's right. Right. Period. So yeah, I think, I think that's some of it. I, I think, um, I think there can be a lot of different things. And, mm-hmm. and this is, this is where 
in conversations around this table with couples and men, a, a lot of guys, I work with a lot of guys on their own mm-hmm. who, who, whose wives are not sitting here, but they, they need some help. And in this conversation, you know, we talk about this idea about how hard it is. And, and, and then we try to figure out why. Mm-hmm. And then once we figure it out, I tell them, okay, so how, how does that change? What, what does it matter, the why? Mm-hmm. It, it's the what. You should be the first. We can make all kinds of excuses. Right. Yeah. And this yeah, is yeah. the difference between coaching and counseling. Mm-hmm. Right. Counseling goes back and, and it looks at all the stuff that happened in your childhood, all the things that happened during potty training, all the things that happened during first mm-hmm. grade, third grade, whatever. And there's a place for that. Right. There's definitely a place for that. And part of that is in coaching, too. But coaching says, OK, yeah, well, you've got plenty of excuses to be screwed up. Right. But what are you going to do? Right. OK, because there are people who came from great homes. Mm-hmm who live sucky lives. Yeah. And there's people who came from sucky homes who can live great lives. Right. So the point is, wh- what do you want to do? What, what is it that you really want? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, desire is all it. What, it. what is it that you want? Do you want a great family? Then you got to be a great man. Mm. You know, and, and I think it comes back to that is helping people to visualize and picture not what I did, what I had, what mm-hmm. I was, what I could have, Right. And that's, that's I, I actually have couples draw their home. What, what do you want your home to look like? And I tell them, you draw your future, and your future will draw you. Mm-hmm. It'll add into your life the things you need to do to get there, and it will delete from your life the things that don't belong there if you really want that. So, okay. yeah, I think, I think for men it's really, really tough. But, but I also believe, and this, this may come from kind of my faith-based yeah, life, and again, this isn't sexist either, but I think there is power when a man steps out first. Mm-hmm. I think there's something about the women that I talk to. I'll put it this way. The women that I talk to, the research I've done around this table mm-hmm. tells me that women are looking for strong men. And that means men that will say they're sorry. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound like a strong man, right? Right. Uh, men who will be honest about their own shortcomings. Mm-hmm. That's not what culture says a strong man is. But right. that's what a strong man is. Right. And. No, I love that. I think that's great. And, and I don't think that takes away from the fact that, you know, women aren't also strong. No. Or they can no. also lead or be strong. Absolutely. It doesn't take away from that. I think no. that what you said is it's differentiating the difference between what being a strong man for her is versus mm-hmm. a strong man of what culture says that you Absolutely. are. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So. And you and I can both relate to that with Audra yeah. and Mindy. We, we know all about <laughs> Absolutely. that. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Well, Phil, is there any other advice that you would give on the topic of relationships? I mean, this is awesome. I mean, you've obviously went super deep. I feel like that I got like a free coaching session. So this is kind of <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I, I think if, if I could wrap up with anything, I would just say don't stop till you get it right. Mm. It, it's as simple as that. Um, it won't happen the first day. It won't happen the first week. You know, we were talking earlier about your arms and my arms, and you said it, it, it takes at least ninety days, right, to yeah. see visual signs. And, yeah. that, and and if that's true, if that's true with our physical bodies, it's probably even more so true with our mental, yeah. with our relationships, with all that kind of stuff. And right. I think um, when I have conversation with people and they say, you know, I've I've tried some of that before, and I've I've done that, and you know, I've heard that advice before, and I, you know, it just doesn't work. And I, well, what? How long did you How long did you work on that? Uh, a week. Oh, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. the answer. Yeah. That's exactly the answer. And I laugh. Yeah, I literally I laugh. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. This is this is about this is about changing your habits. Mm-hmm. This is about changing, rewiring, you know, your brain. And it doesn't happen in a week. And sometimes it doesn't happen in 90 days. It can happen, but you can't quit too soon. Right. And all I'd say is, again, think about where you want to go. 
what what is the person you want to be? What is the mm-hmm. how the relationships look that you want in your lives? And then and then just simply align uh, align your habits and your attitudes and your actions with that. And guess where you're going to end up? Right, right here. Yeah, you're, you're going to get it. That's, that's how. It, that's how. No, it I love that. It's, it kind of goes along with the same idea. Like if you know. If you want to attract a positive person into your life, you can't constantly be putting out negativity. Yeah, right. You've got to, even if that's kind of what you tend to lean toward, you've got to try. Like you have Absolutely. to try to shift that thought process. So yeah. that's awesome. I love that. Well, if people want to connect with you or learn more about the information, or maybe maybe they want to come and you know sit down with you and talk at Winning at Home, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. do they find you? Are you website online? What's yeah, the best uh, online, Instagram, Facebook. Um, they probably the simplest way. Uh, Instagram is Coach. Phil Lewis. Okay. Um, but the easiest way is phillewis.org. They okay. can they can literally go on there, they Got can it. email me. There's a there's a link on every page that we have that says, you know, email us for, for more information. But phillewis.org awesome. is the simplest way. Uh-huh.